Welcome to Strange Deer, your weekly podcast about the strange but true stories behind your favorite works of fiction. Hosted by Juliana Valente and Kay Cook. I don't know why. Okay, so I love how it looks like I've had a spa day, but it's, you know, exactly the opposite of a spa day. Like, <laughs> my nails are not done. I did not shave my legs. Like, I <laughs> look, I'm sharing so much to say. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Strange Deer. Uh, <laughs> as all, we don't we don't start a very formal intro on these. It's Kay. <laughs> it's Juliana over here. And because of our theme today, I don't know if you noticed, Kay, I am in menswear. I am, oh, a little bit. I, although that said, I do know you just like to have, like, the costume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I considered having a little uh, ascot or or tie, but um, whereas, know, whereas yeah, I, I just look like I had a spa day. That's all. Um, and I just oh, speaking yeah. of spa day, I um was hurting yesterday, and I have one of those automatic like machines, electronic like kneading machines that, that you put on your shoulders and stuff. It's wonderful. Nice. I put it on my lower back uh -oh. and went to town because I was really in a lot of pain. But I am bruised. <laughs> You're bruised. Bruised. It's so. Jesus. It's so painful. It's You're so bad. bad. I'm maybe in more pain than I was yesterday. <laughs> You're no, I know what it is. You're just trying to steal the medical emergency uh, designation from Kay because I'm the one who had the oral surgery within the last week. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. How are you recovering? I'm doing okay. I am six days out from surgery now, um, and it's interesting because people say, "Well, how is the surgery?" Like I was all worried about feeling anything or whatever. Literally, here is the sequence of events. Kay comes into the room. Hi meets the nurse, sits on the chair, looks up at the sky. The doctor comes in, who's very friendly. Um, they give me like that. At, this was the moment that was a little bit clockwork orange. They like braced my arm in position to give me the needle. Uh, yeah. It was like, you don't need to do that. I was like, I don't flinch. Like I donate blood regularly. It's fine. Not to mention I have to give blood for my thyroid all the time. So they know I'm fine. But he sticks the needle in. He's like, oh, you didn't flinch at all. And I was like, yeah, I don't. And I, I said something quick. I looked up at the ceiling. I closed my eyes. I was like, I wonder how long this is going to take to work. I opened my eyes like the doctor's vanished. And there's no brace on my arm. And the nurse is hanging out over me. And I feel vaguely numb. So I guess in a way that's a good thing because it means I just, I was gone. But yeah. I'm <laughs> like, I'm vaguely concerned that like 40 minutes of my life is just gone. There is zero impression. <laughs> Again, could have been worse. Could have felt everything. But apparently I'm a quick sedate. So there you go. Uh, I'm not a... <laughs> for whatever uh, for whatever that's worth. No, the, the thing that's been the most frustrating is just the post-recovery stuff. Like, I love all of my friends. Like, Peg Pete, I love you to bits, talking to me about, well, don't use a straw. Like, you need dry socket. But everyone made me so paranoid. They're like, don't lose your blood clot. So I'm, like, sipping things and, like, rinsing my mouth and... First of all, feeling like my mouth is a dumpster because you can't brush your teeth. Um, and so I'm like, if I spit, is that food or is that the blood clot? Like, I just, yeah. So it was it was like a weird exercise in paranoia the first two days. Um, oh. But I guess if there's a, two takeaways from this, again, our active word here is takeaway, even when I'm, you know, just riffing about life. Uh, probiotics, probiotics, probiotics. If you are on an antibiotic, there's literally not even a joke here. Just do it because your gut flora will thank you. Uh, but... <laughs> Two, sympathetic nerve pain. Don't underestimate that either. Um, and they'll give you really good pills. And uh, don't, I guess if you're me, don't 
overly freak about being a drug addict. I was just sitting here going, if I take two, is that going to make me cr-? Like, yeah, it was fine. I survived. <laughs> As always with me, the pre-thought on the surgery was way worse than the actual situation. And then I was just on the couch having a bunch of smoothies and rice pudding and... I had real food last night. Uh, um, oh, congrats. Yeah, I had like a Labor Day thing. I had like a burger. I, I, anybody who I was texting the past two days, Jess, um, Kelly, they know it. I've been like, all I can think about is a beer, a burger, fries, and a big fat slab of cake. Like, <laughs> so I got all of those yesterday, and I was so happy. Oh, uh, congratulations. <laughs> it was a lovely Labor Day. I feel all that better now. Thank you to Ethan, too. How was your Labor Day, considering? Uh, it was laborious, yes. <laughs> <laughs> As I said to my teacher friends, you're doing it wrong. But then again, school does start this week for most of yes. them in the Northeast here. So I guess I... And, I when, should... and when you have young kids, uh, yeah. school vacation days are not... Don't, don't mean the same thing. No. Uh, to moms as they do to kids and other uh, single folk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it, got it. So today, uh, there's no way to transition to this theme. We're just going to go with it, I guess. Today's Let's do it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's something sort of been, I guess if I'm being 100% honest here, this was a theme I was hoping we could do the week of 1776 because it did seem to tie in with yeah. um, us playing men. Um, three characters from fiction, uh, fiction, that kind of yes. influenced us. And um, Julianne and I are doing this a little bit different. It's not like one of us is fully taking the reins for one segment and then the other one's fully taking the reins. We're going to bap our characters back and forth and we haven't compared notes at all. So should this work out where we wound up picking the same person, um, it won't be faked surprise. It'll be legit. It'll be <laughs> legit. I would be very surprised if we end up picking the same people. I don't think we will. Yeah. I'm just nervous now. <laughs> now I got her worried. So we'll go to a break while Juliana's nervous. Coming out of the first break, so we are talking characters that influenced us, and I'm going to let Juliana take the first one, and I will follow with my first one. Okay. <laughs> Who'd you pick? Um, you know, this I'm so in, intrigued by this topic that you picked, because um, we do cover a lot of, like, women's literature and, and female characters, um, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that we do, um, but this was a really great exercise, and like, okay, let's, let's, let's definitely talk yep. about... Um, some male characters and um, I have so many themes in like uh, when I my the first three that I chose are all from the exact same era very clearly I am in love with um, gothic romantic novels okay. no question about got it, it. Okay. I, I have a theme got it uh, but I think one of the most fascinating characters ever drawn in literature is that of Heathcliff in Wuthering Heights Uh um, novel. This was, I I believe this is the only novel she ever published. Um, I could be wrong. We may need to. You are absolutely, oh, whatever. Michael's here to fact check us. We will check in with Dr. Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's fascinating about him is in the the movies, we often just get the romantic hero. And that's how he does start off in the novel. We think that this is going to be, um, a little bit of a Jon Snow story. Um, <laughs> we know what you, and we know you love Jon Snow. <laughs> oh my God, I'm um, where he's, you know, he comes from a humble beginning and he falls in love um, with 
um, a woman who is not necessarily in his class or she has, you know, other aspirations. And some of the early movies and treatments of this story after it was written, um, this, I believe it's the 1840s, mm-hmm. uh, 1850s. I- I'm so sorry. So this, we have no business doing a podcast. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, we're here for the um, people going, I love Heathcliff too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in the, in the early treatments of the story, uh, like the um, Laurence Olivier portrayal and uh, other movies from our mid century and, and earlier. He is just the romantic hero who, who, you know, we are rooting for the underdog. In the novel, he is a monster. He yeah. turns into, it's so dark and, and exciting and terrifying. And I love just the exploration of obsession in right. this one man. And so we, um, you know, when the love of his life uh, is dying and he's there, it is one of the most amazing portrayals of being in the room with someone you love as they're dying. Um, all, and then to see where that obsession takes him and revenge and um, it's glorious. Heathcliff <laughs> uh, from Wuthering Heights, uh, my number one is your number of one. all time, maybe. Got it. Characters. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting because I was like, I think when I picked my first one here, I was like, I, this was the one that I was most concerned about stepping into your your domain, Juliana, a little bit. Because this character takes us to uh, 1886 and Robert Louis Stevenson. Because I have this memory of being very young and discovering this book on my grandparents, my very churchy paternal grandparents' shelf, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. And Dr. Jekyll has fascinated me since yeah. I was very young. Um, and I, I, I realize that it's a theme that kind of has echoed forward from Stevenson's first uh, kind of foray into this very psychological dig into what makes a man good, what makes a man evil. And um, when I was kind of reviewing the book again, kind of preparing my notes a little bit, I'd almost entirely forgotten that it's written from uh, Dr. John Utterson's point of view. Like it's an outsider's, yeah. So it's, it's it's kind of seeing the outside of it because so many subsequent adaptations, I would say my love for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in modern uh, adaptation is most- Don't say it, don't say it. Bruce Banner and the Hulk in comic books. It's true though. Like a lot of them. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. And cause I, I have a love for that. Again, it's the duality. Uh, I mean, in the comic book adaptation, it's a very, very, very real, the monster within me thing, but it's, you know, it's, it's a very one for one kind of exploring. I mean, in the case of, in the case of the Hulk, it's much more sort of a experimenting with rage control, and uh, Doctor Jekyll's is kind of like exploring the dark side. But, like, yeah. I guess for me, one of the things that's always fascinated me in this character thing is is that duality and um, kind of where that line sits between quote unquote good and evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, as you get older, kind of realizing we really have mostly gray in this world, uh, but something that can split. And also I would say, you know, you kind of realize that the quote unquote good character who is, um, 
it's mostly by comparison to what's sort of inside and is unleashed, you know? It's, it's, so that was my first choice. So it's interesting that I didn't wind up, I was in your world, but not completely in your world. <laughs> yeah, but world adjacent. World adjacent, world adjacent. So we started in Victorian era, Kel Surprise. That's it, that's it. <laughs> Should I should I do a K intro? <laughs> what I love how we've now we verb that noun. <laughs> so if you are new to our channel, Strange Deer, um, we put out a new theater-centric uh, video or podcast, whatever format you prefer. That was a new say. episode every week, um, and it's usually th it's been Thursday nights. But should we drop some knowledge that? We, we might could. be moving to Fridays. We could, but where where can they find us first of all? Like before we even talk about where we go live, what 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 where can they find us? Uh, so you can find us on social media everywhere at Strange Deer, Instagram, Twitter. We also have a Facebook page. If you want to email us, you can. It's strange but true deer at gmail.com. <laughs> I'm looking at the icons and I making know. my I, life. I, and making my life gross in post-production. <laughs> yes, yes. So come find us. Come find us. La -la. Before we thank you. La la. I wonder what color I picked behind us today. Ooh, as we fade back into it. Ah! Ah, so segment two um, and character two, and I guess I'll I'll lead off with my second character because it's interesting. I thought of the modern character first, and then I went, well, what is this an avatar for? Like, where does this come back to literature? And I found myself going all the way back to, believe it or not, Pinocchio, which actually is the 1880s again. So apparently I'm spending more time in your playpen, playpen, your your sandbox, whatever. It's, <laughs> that all evoked very strange mental images. Uh, anyway, I'm spending more time in Juliana land than I thought. But um, Pinocchio, which... I guess as a kid I was interested in it and it was like, oh, like the Disney animated one was the first one I ever saw and I liked the idea of inanimate objects coming to life slash a little creepy. Um, but wanting to be a real boy, like kind of, again, I guess this, if, if I'm going for anything, there's sort of a theme in the characters I picked that's sort of exploring the human condition. Like Pinocchio wants to be a real boy even though he sort of is exposed to all of the garbage that real boys have to deal with. Not that many real boys turn into donkeys that I'm aware of. Or do they? Or do they? <laughs> I think it's called puberty. Oh, I did that. Um, or, or early 20s. I oh, mean. Oh, or never leave. Um, <laughs> wow, feminism drop. Sorry, I didn't guys. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't think we were doing gothic feminism yet until our second season. No, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this took a turn, but where I was where I was going with the modern character and a, a character that really resonated with me as a kid, uh, forgive me, I'm going into sci-fi here, but anyone who's familiar with Star Trek The Next Generation and the android character of Data, he was a very one-for-one -one, um, kind of Pinocchio type. I think they kind of teased out every Pinocchio type thing you could do with him, like exploring what it means to be human. What is humor? what is pain? I can't cry. Like, and, and kind of wanting these things, but those of us who have those things going, I kind of actually envy your ability to not overly identify right now or to, you know, to be able to be 
precise and clear-minded yeah. on these things. Like that, that fact, I was even, I was probably under 10 years old when I'm watching Star Trek The Next Generation, but um, when someone first pointed out to me Data was Pinocchio, I went, wow, no, you're right. Yeah. Um, and I do have to also just put in a quick little love to Brent Spiner on that because his portrayal of Data was very, very resonant to me as a kid. Yeah. And um, so I love Data and I refuse, this is totally a rabbit trail for those of us who are Star Trek nerds, but I totally refuse uh, to accept that he died in insurrection. Oh, spoiler alert. Anyway, ooh, I think he's still alive somewhere. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> we don't kill Pinocchio. He lives on and on. That's just the way it goes. So I went to the little puppet boy. Uh, what did you, where did you go for number two, Julia? Oh, you know, it's funny. We are, we are uh, having kind of a parallel theme here because I would also like to start in the 1840s again okay. uh, and, then bring, and then bring it up to the, the late 19th century. So in, 18, in the 1840s, there was a book, um, some, some people call it a novel, it's really a collection of short stories called Scenes of the Lives of the Bohemians. Bohemians okay. are these, the artists living in the Latin Quarter in Paris. Okay. Um, later on, you know, 50 or so years later, that became the opera La Boheme. Um, where there was a unified plot put in over them. Um, you may also know this story uh, in its iteration called Rent. Rent. Um, <laughs> but I want to talk about the opera. Um, what's interesting about this is that we've get, got these um, characters who are each artists in their own lives. So we think about like the main character um, is Rodolfo, Roger in Rent, but Rodolfo yep. in and La Boheme, he's a painter. Um, Chouinard is a musician. Um, and then there is Colleen, who is a philosopher. Yep. And he's my favorite character, even though he's not what we consider the main character. Right. Um, he reminds me very much of my brothers, oh. who are both, um, who, <laughs> yeah, who, who, yes, studied uh, and, uh, various philosophies and have that kind of personality uh, as well. And there's just one of the most beautiful moments in an all of um, theater history to me is uh, when um, Colleen sings this song about his coat, this new coat um, that he got that he's now going to sell to get uh, medicine for Mimi. Oh. So, um, yeah, so it's him. And it's just a reminder that not always, it's not always the leads who, who have the most, you know, heroic actions and who can bring us to tears and, and laughter. Again, you hear me, I say this theme all the time, but I think because I'm a teacher, I get so overwhelmed with people being obsessed with leads and yeah. and tertiary characters and yeah. on featured ensemble. And I'm like, no, 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 here's the deal. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> and well, and you know, you're always preaching to the choir with me with secondary characters. I know, like, I know. Th those were my obsessions as a kid. Like, no, I didn't care about the princess in the Disney movie. I cared about Timon and Pumbaa or Lumiere yeah. and Cogsworth and Mrs. Potts. Like the, the color quote was like the whole canvas for me when I was a kid like that. So, yeah. so I applaud your second choice and there is literally no way I can connect Pinocchio to La Boheme, but trying to imagine him wandering through La Boheme made me laugh. Uh, or Jada, even. We'll drop Brent Spiner in the middle of Rent, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so, I don't know how I'm breaking this in, 
but I think I'm just going to start riffing on this and talking because we had a fun thing happen to us, not just Kay having oral surgery, <laughs> which wasn't so much fun. But on Friday, because because life was crazy, because I was quite frankly, a little bit too swollen and drugged to possibly go live on Thursday night like we always like to. And then Juliana texts me and goes, I've been sick all day. <laughs> so the universe was screaming at us to be like, delay this, like, like, hold yeah. off. So it also allowed us a moment to kind of rebound our Instagram game so we could let people know we were going to be around uh, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> um, but you know, all I can say, I'm just going to go straight to camera on this and be like, hey, everybody who joined us live on Friday, you were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was what we've been hoping for. Like, we've had, not not to be like it was crickets and nothing, but we've had rough times getting Thursday Night Lives happening. So we're going to try out a thing for the next few weeks where we go live on Fridays and drop the episode just to see. We will do our best to give you advance notice on this because we're theater people. Part of the reason we didn't pick Friday nights is because we know at 8.30 p.m. we're likely to be on stage. Um, but when we're not, I, it seems like a lot of, lot, all y'all are around on a Friday. So, <laughs> so we're going to try this 8.30 p.m. on Fridays for a couple weeks and we'll see how it goes, Juliana. I'm excited. Yeah, it's an interesting note, you know, that what we, our live show on on Friday now is not the same thing as this show that you're watching now. Please be clear. Separate yes. thing. Oops. <laughs> the episode in our season and our uh, live jobs are just a fun way that we can interact with our audience. Yeah. In join, us, join us on the live and then actually watch the episode, I guess is what we're okay. discovering. We're like, there's more. It's kind That's of like being like, I went to the club and I stood around by the, the, the ropes and it was the best night ever and we're like, put the parties inside, man. Come on inside. <laughs> I have rope parties. <laughs> and I'm going to cut it off there because it could get very extreme. Uh, so for our third and final character, I'm letting Juliana take the lead on one. Um, I don't think there's any danger of these characters in our third one overlapping because I try as I might, I couldn't quite make this thing flash back to the 19th century. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just go. You go, and then I'll go. Okay, you ready? Here he is. Batman. Oh, wow. Okay. Alright, so, go. I do have a small obsession with Batman. It's all good. It's all good. He's kind of mysterious uh, and dark and broody, and yes. Yes, yes, yes. So there's the theme there. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to put too strong, too, too smart a point on it, but there you go. Yes, that, no, specifically. Um, you know, you know my love for Sir Percy Blakeney of uh, Scarlet Pimpernel, yep. who was really one of our very first gentleman spy type characters, and um, really paved the way in graphic novels and such mm -hmm. to have um, new heroes like Batman. So I think, I mean, there's like, there's so many reasons why Batman is so great. I am not an expert on him, yeah, but no. uh, I am mildly, mildly of obsessed um, with him. This idea of the, um, you know, he's not a super 
power. He doesn't have superpowers. He didn't get bit by a bat. He not, was he not in some industrial accident. Yeah, his superpower yeah. is his money and his tech, basically. Specifically, <laughs> yeah. yes, exactly, money and tech. I mean, what else do you need in a man? Well, and and that whole you know gut thing about my parents. But anyway, that's. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. The, the same time he's coming around, you know, I'm uh, I'm equally obsessed with um, history of psychology, psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. So when we look at these ideas of Carl Jung and dramaturgy coming on the scene, um, we we have this idea of the shadow self. So this idea that there is this other persona uh, that he takes on, uh, similar, I guess, to a Jekyll and Hyde, but just you know, not with, not with chemically induced. Yeah, but this idea of the shadow self yeah. um, is a, is important because you you do if you're paying attention you do see different um, personality aspects being revealed at certain times. Yeah. At the same time, yeah, he's he's perfectly human, which is an amazing thing. And when we when we're talking about superheroes, right? Um, he's self-made, um, and I just I really like the world. That he is drawn into, right? The the uh, whimsy. It, it it becomes very. It becomes a safe place to explore human nature. Which, again, this is why we, of course, are in the business of storytelling and mm -hmm. theater in the first place. Got it. Oh man, yeah. So it, that's interesting. Batman probably would have lined up a little bit more with a Jekyll and Hyde. But I was thinking about kind of a character of mystery. I guess this is where I went for this, my third and final. Um, and actually only goes back as far as the 1960s. Uh, specifically on the evening of November 29th, 1963, on the BBC, um, we were first introduced to a character who we still don't know his name 50 some odd years on. He merely goes by the name of The Doctor. And he travels about in a telephone box that is called a TARDIS, which stands for Time and Relative Dimensions in Space. Um, a TARDIS is not actually a phone box. That's just what it got locked into looking like. Um, but for those who, who have found Doctor Who to be this strangely hard to hard nut to crack of sci-fi, like because it really only caught on here in America within the last 15 or so years now. Um, but Doctor Who was going and going strong. I mean, unless you saw the reruns on PBS back in the 80s, which I think is when it first really made its run over here. The basic idea, you've got the Doctor, who is an alien. He has two hearts, but he is what's called a Time Lord. And the Time Lords are old as can be, and they kind of they sort of deal with macro galactic issues. But for whatever reason, the Doctor has always been deeply drawn to the matters of Earth. Um, and he, he's sort of our guardian and our protector in a way. Um, I've always been fascinated since I was introduced to the doctor. Anyway, I realized that he is a character type. That's always kind of appealed to me because he is that guardian type. He's that sort of not quite a God in a way, although they've sort of played around with this idea, especially since the time Lords are quite ancient and have dealt with matters kind of insinuating before Earth even happened. Yeah. Like, it, it's that sort of, you know, guardian-type character. And what's what's most intriguing to me, I guess we could pull this into a theater and an actor world, because it hasn't been the same actor, obviously, since 1963. The Doctor would be quite old by this point. Uh, there's, there's an interesting device they worked into creating this character where he can 
regenerate. And that is where he literally changes every cell in his body and becomes ostensibly a new person, uh, except he maintains the memory of. So he holds on to, he remembers everybody, and that's become especially important to the characters we moved into more recent storytellers, because also, kind of every time the doctor and the actor changes over, you get a creative team changeover, like they all get handed this big Bible of stories, so it all has some continuity. Uh, the doctor's assistants change, certain things stay the same, but... Um, it's really kind of ingenious and unique yeah. in the world of storytelling because yeah. you're carrying this thread along. There have now been, I guess we'll say 14, since they sort of created a pocket doctor um, for the special at the 50th anniversary. But he's regenerated 13 or 14 times now. That's a lot of actors. And the actors talk about really feeling this weight of taking on this character and this responsibility. Um, who is a guardian? Who is a friend? Who is all of these things and more, and also still the element of the outsider. I guess maybe we could bring this into pulling back a Pinocchio or a kind of data element to it, because yeah. he, he looks in on us and goes, he understands humanity now at this point since he's been around us, but he still yeah. doesn't understand humanity in the things that we can't let go of, our stupid prejudices, our weird contradictions in things that we do and I like there have been crazy talented actors who've taken on this part over the years you have the classic Tom Baker who was actually the fourth doctor you have David Tennant in recent times who was my doctor he's the one I came in on um, and we have coming up now after 50 plus years of this story our first woman is going to be taking over Jodie Whittaker the rumor we still don't have a premiere they've wrapped production on it but the premiere date, oh that's crazy i didn't know that it still hasn't uh come out yet it hasn't dropped yet october is the rumor we're hearing and i really hope so okay. they've they've dropped trailers we're seeing preview images of her new companions like and i think the best thing that i've seen so far um as i've looked because Again, it's social media, so you kind of have to be careful how many comment sections you dive into because there is some pretty toxic stuff floating about, oh, God, PC, run amok. Why is why is the doctor a woman now? I, that's a look. I know what you're look, thinking about, Juliana. Diversity uh, control. Uh, um, <laughs> no, but the thing that I read from the new showrunner, Chris Chibnall, is that they're actually not going to make a huge deal of the fact. It's not going to be like, everybody's weird. Why is the doctor got a vagina? Like, that's... Perfect. <laughs> they're just going to start telling the stories. Right. And there's going to be some stuff that comes out of it from that. You know, it's the cir circumstances will change. The doctor, in a very real way, is going to be running into one of humanity's most startling contradictions, I dare say, about our gender weird feelings about what women should do and what men should do. Um, actually, what I, what I love and I applaud the showrunners for Doctor Who for finally doing this is you're talking about a character who's really enlightened in a way, who has, who can look outside and yet he keeps regenerating as a man. Like we, we've seen other Time Lords change genders. Like it's just for whatever reason, you know, they've never taken this step before. I, I Maybe they're just showrunners who didn't want to deal with the blowback on it, but because I've also seen comments like, well, I'll see Doctor Who when it becomes Doctor Who again, when it's real after they get over this phase in a few months. Like, That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's just, I feel like now is not only the right time, it's it's like, part of me is like, what took you so long? And the other part is, yeah. well, yes, finally. And Jodie Whittaker is a fantastic actor. I cannot wait 
her predecessors, Peter Capaldi and Matt Smith and David Tennant have been nothing but glowing. They've worked with her on different projects. They're like, of course, she's perfect. Actually, specifically Peter Capaldi, who is her forerunner, was like, I found out and I had, to, I was like, I was giddy, but I couldn't say anything for months and months and months. <laughs> he was like, they're finally doing the thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and actually I feel like I will want to retouch base on this when it premieres. There's going to be some good premieres coming out this fall. So when Doctor Who comes back, but um, we, we may need to, we may need to revisit this. Um, but yeah, so my third and final was The Doctor. All right. So in what's making us strange this week, um, I guess I'll go first because we sort of alluded to this in the opening segment, but it's back to school time. Um, we're actually even going to be uh, starting to break away from our we're, we're all, even though we're still technically on the road and remoting these episodes, um, we're, we're going to be moving into kind of a. I'm not going to call it a back-to-school sort of thing, but definitely an autumn vibe will be taking over in the next couple weeks. Um, and even if you're like me and you don't have kids, you've been rushing back to school, you don't teach, uh, at least not in a uh, nine-to-five, at-a-school, locked-in, making sure the kids get to music class and gym and wherever else they go. Uh, if they still have music in elementary schools anymore, I'm that old. Uh, anyway... I guess what's making me strange this week is I've been thinking about it all, even though I would say um, it's been years since I've been locked into the that regimented school kind of lifestyle is you kind of can't avoid that feeling that like the like life's rhythm changes a little bit when autumn hits. Um, and like a lot of people, they, they're like, well, well, I don't have kids or whatever. I was like, when you're feeling that sort of refreshed feeling or just being in touch with the rhythm of what's happening, Maybe now's the time for you to start something new. Maybe now is the time to kind of, you know, see it as a sort of reset button moment or a refresh space or whatever it is. Um, I mean, I'm also about to, in a very literal way, go back to school in a sense because I'm starting rehearsals for Into the Woods, actually tonight on the day we're recording. Um, so I think for the first time in years, I am really feeling sort of a first day of school vibe about it. But every autumn comes around and I'm like, what can I start something new? Can I start something that's like, and I also, I guess I sort of feel like buying a couple notebooks and sharpening some pencils just so I feel like yes. I'm in a place. Get yourself a new binder, put some tabs in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, you know, listen to the rhythms. If you're feeling like, if you're someone like me who's like, well, I don't have kids and why should I, it, there can, there's something to be said for kind of leaning into those things a little bit and being like, maybe I will start something new right now. Maybe I'll, you know, pick up a new book. As simple as that, you know, just, yeah. just kind of, going with that flow of it there's certainly we're moving into um harvest season and kind of the pro fruits of labor coming in as well so the fall is a change in a lot of ways beyond those of us with kids who we now you know shove back out the door with their little lunch pail and all of that business so listen to the rhythms do you oh i love that i love yeah. that uh mine mine is similar um uh just you know, my life is a little bit different and the fall, it means a little bit, some means something a little bit different. Um, when you are responsible for, um, making sure other humans are alive and fed and being educated. Um, that's a whole thing, but just remembering to, um, to not lose yourself in spite of that, in the middle of it. And there's a really good graphic, a really great graphic actually, 
um, that I've seen floating around. It was actually in my, my voice teacher studio page. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll post it. Um, just about, you know, we talked last week about, um, priorities, um, being seeming to be at conflict and how do you prioritize when you have multiple, uh, priorities conflicting for your time and attention. Um, how do you stay a passionate person when there's a lot of like, you know, butts to wipe and peanut butter jelly sandwiches to make. <laughs> as long as you're not putting the peanut butter and jelly on the butts and wiping the sandwiches, you're fine. You know, and sometimes that happens. <laughs> not going to lie. There are but, days. Um, but, in, but in spite of that, you know, um, there's still some really great things happening for me creatively that hopefully we can share on later episodes. And um, I just, you know, for example, um, I'm still trying to expose myself to great content. Um, I'm madly in love with Donald Glover and I finally saw one episode of Atlanta, um, nice. last night and it was great huh. and I can't wait to see more. Um, so it, you know, it's, an, it's an exciting time. There's just a lot, There's a lot of great stuff happening that if we can stay, keep, if I can keep my head out of politics. Uh -huh. um, awesome. The world is a lovely place. That's the, well, and that's the other thing that happens when we start to turn the corner into autumn, isn't it, though, because midterms. Yes. But um, I think, you know, in a very real way, because we have a society that's very geared towards um, uh, first of the year, January 1st, resolutions, blah, blah, blah. I've always almost felt like the stronger sea change in life happens right about now in the autumn because they're, you yeah. know, I mean, I'm saying this it's like, Jewish New Year. I'm well, I'm sitting here going uh, about to say anyway, even the weather cools down. That said, it's like going to be 95 and gross <laughs> week here in Jersey, but, um, Indian summer as they call it. Um, and I, again, I just feel like this is even a stronger sea change. Maybe it's also because my birthday's coming up in a month. She said maybe dropping hints. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I, you know, I think it's, it's actually harder to resist sort of that change feeling right now than it is to lean into it. Um, so yeah, in, in that case, carving out time for yourself. I do love that these connected Juliana, you know, try something new, lean into it, do your thing. So welcome to fall. but I can't blame Phantom Tooth on the end of the episode coming. So I will just say thanks for hanging in. You know what, guys? Pop us an email or respond to us on social media with your three favorite char male characters from literature. Yes. We're curious. We want to find out. Maybe we'll talk about them a little bit more in an upcoming episode. Or we can discuss it on Friday night, maybe, before yes. we go into the new... Um, no, we'll talk about it Friday night. What do I mean, going into the new? That's when you'll be seeing this. I'm stuck in a weird time vortex. I lost three days while I was medically under it and just staring up at the ceiling. Don't mind me. I'm going to go put on real clothes now. Uh, do you have anything else to share with the people, Juliana, before we say I just want everyone to have a great week and keep being strange, dears. I need clothes.